0: That music is an invitation, an invitation to sit up and join me as we look into God's Word. This isn't your parents' Bible study or some pre-printed material from your denomination. Each episode, we tear into God's letter to humanity to see what would God have us know about Himself, about the world around us, and about ourselves. I am Brother Mitchell from the Discipleship Center, and you are listening to the TDC Podcast. Before we go into the next section, let's review the test of our faith that we've covered so far. How do you respond to trials? How do you respond to temptation? How do you react to the word of God? Do you show partiality? Do your actions reflect your faith? Today we're going to talk about the sixth test of your faith. Does your words, your speech, your conversation match your faith? James chapter 3 starting in verse 1. Not many of you should become teachers, my brother, for you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. For we all stumble in many ways, and if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle his whole body. If we put bits into the mouths of horses so that they obey us, we guide their whole body as well. Look at the ships also. Though they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are guided by very small rudder. For every kind of beast and bird of reptile and seed creature can be tamed and has been tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. It's a restless evil, full of deadly poison. With it we bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth comes blessing and cursing. My brothers, these things ought not to be so. Does a spring pour forth the same opening, both fresh and salt water? Can a tree, my brother, bear olives, or a grapevine produce figs. Neither can a salt pond yield fresh water. It's interesting that when we start talking about controlling the tongue, the very first thing we see is a warning to teachers. Let me tell you a little bit about being a teacher. Some people have asked Pastor Mitchell, "How did you get to be a pastor?" or "How did you get to be a teacher?" Well, it didn't start in a classroom. I'll tell you that. In 1992, I started going to Bible college, and for anyone who's ever been to college, it's full of self-centered, prideful sinners who were on a mission to do something big, to do something great, achieve something noteworthy. These young 18 to 25-year-old youngsters love to sit around and debate issues and words and whatnot and have you. And When it comes time to actually doing something, well, not so much. I left Bible school in my second year because I couldn't wade through all the endless homework and lectures. There was just no outlet for what we learned. You see, in the New Testament church that we see in Acts chapter 2, we don't find homework. We don't find exams. We don't find any of today's professional Christian academia. What do we find? Well, starting verse 42, it says, "...and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers." And the Lord added to their numbers, day by day, those who were being saved. And just a couple chapters down, after Peter and John were commanded by the same council that had Jesus crucified to stop preaching the gospel, the believers, the Christians, in Jerusalem prayed for the following. Look upon their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness while you stretch out your hand to heal. And signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant Jesus, and when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. Nowhere in the New Testament church do we see idealistic, lays-about professional preachers in the true church who had the nine-to-five business hours and played golf on Monday. What we have are people who feared God, studied His word and the apostles' teaching, and went out boldly by faith to preach the word to anyone who would listen to them. It's that same faith that caused Paul to write in Romans chapter 1, starting in verse 16, I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it's the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith. As it's written, the righteous shall live by faith. All that to say that I'm here not because I earned a certificate or a diploma, and not because I'm such a good speaker, or not even because I'm such a great teacher, but because by faith I study the Bible and God shows me how it makes sense to our everyday lives. I take my responsibility as an ambassador of God's kingdom seriously. I see people wandering around in spiritual darkness, and I care enough to turn on the light. Every Christian is responsible for preaching the good news of the gospel. Every Christian is responsible to know God through his word. But only those Christians who actually take up the baton of teaching and preaching have this additional burden of being judged by God with greater strictness in that we must remain devoted to proclaiming the truth no matter what. Why? Because it's through what we say that the good news of the gospel is planted in the hearts of the unbelieving. By our words, we can steer younger Christians towards God for his glory or towards ourselves for our glory. Every day I wake up and I see another day is dawn and Jesus has not come back for us and he hasn't taken me home yet. So I put on my pants, one leg at a time, just like you. I struggle with problems, just like you. I have bills to pay, just like you. I have to go to work all day and then come home or go to the homeless shelter. The difference is that in the midst of everything going on with me, my heart breaks for those of you that we continually serve that are trapped in sin behind enemy lines. I know there are some of the guys that we serve who hear the message of the gospel and it doesn't really make sense to them yet. Or others who roll their eyes or they're just waiting for a free meal or a bag of groceries or some toothpaste or whatever they came to get. I spend hours studying the Bible and writing out these messages so that on the chance that someone is listening, that the Word of God, through my simple message, might pierce their hearts and they might repent and be saved from their sins. This is why Pastor Ed has been serving at the Homeless Shelter all these years as well. And when I came here five years ago or so to encourage Pastor Ed, he saw my heart despite my past and my lack of credentials and allowed me to join with him in this great ministry. Our love for our clients goes beyond reason It's because it's the reflection of Jesus' love and sacrifice that was directed towards us, which was also way beyond reason. If you want to know about this love that goes beyond reason that God has for us, why don't you go over to my website, click on the button about salvation, find out how you can be saved too. The Discipleship Center and its subsidiaries, TDC Aquaponics and TDC Farm, are a registered 501c3 charity serving in the not-so-beautiful city of Kekakee and its surroundings. Have you or a loved one been struggling with substance abuse, chronic unemployment, need some work experience after a recent incarceration, or just failed to move on to a more productive phase of life? There is hope just around the corner with the Discipleship Center, where every life matters, and we strive to fulfill the Great Commission. One life at a time. Check us out on the web at www.discipleshipctr.org today.